Welcome to Lock It Down Sports Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Lock It Up Media. That's Lock It Up Media on Twitter. So there's been media days going on. SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve. We're going into some of the things, the statements, or comments that stood out to me at from media days all across college football. We got the Big Twelve at it again. We got some Braves trades, and we're going to get into line. That's right. You heard me. We're going to get into line. We're going to cover that here later on in the podcast. But first, let me tell you about my friends at Stream Studio. It's a multi-camera live streaming platform that allows you to go live in less than one minute. It's a video podcasting live webinar streaming platform that allows you to stream to multiple platforms at the same time. Now, like I said, media days have happened and are currently happening. SEC's already happened. ACC, Big Ten, Big 12 media days. Well, here's some interesting statements, takeaways from me from the SEC media days is where we're going to start. Um, Josh Heupel, one uh, of the first to go in the SEC media days, but... Always, there's always some comments that come out, and the one that really kind of made me laugh was this one. He said, There's only one real UT and one shade of orange. I think you obviously know what he's talking about there. Just a little shade, a little diss at the University of Texas. And know what? He's right. They've been in the SEC longer. They were, if you were to go back in history, Tennessee was a state before Texas was. So that's all that needs to be said. I mean, come on. You're coming to the SEC. There's only one real UT. Now, speaking of uh, UT, no, the fake UT is what I'm talking about, obviously, in Texas. Uh, Sankey came out and said the conference is going to be less strict about players who give horns down when playing Texas, which I absolutely love. I It's not like Texas is some big, big, bad team that the conference is afraid to offend. Maybe in the Big 12, they were. In the SEC, you're just another program. You're just another Georgia, Florida, LSU, Alabama. You're, you're, you're just another school. You're not the school. You're another one. We don't have to stroke your ego. The SEC don't have to stroke your ego and say, look, we have to take care of you. You might leave. You know what? You came to us. Did the SEC want you? Yeah, they wanted you. But if you didn't come, no loss on there. And they're perfectly fine and happy. Without you, you decided to come. We're not going to stroke your ego. And it was always the dumbest rule and complaint that they had. Just the simple horns down. And the Big 12 officials gave them a, gave basically every other opponent a flag just for doing it. And it was crazy, dumb thing. And that's thankfully will be out of there. Because I don't. I could see touchdowns against Texas. 
big time horns down, especially since they like to make it a thing. We'll see, but I don't think it'll be a non-issue, really. I don't think there'll be any egregious, egregious flags outside of your standard, if they want to call it unsportsmanlike penalty. And that's the extent of it. And that could go for any excessive celebration or showing up an opponent or anything like that. So that I think that's good. Yes, he's come out and even said it, saying he's like, look, here's what we're going to do. And so what, Texas? Now, take this or leave it, what, what you what you want to do with this. Kind of odd to me that Jimbo Fisher was asked twice at SEC Media Days if Bobby Petrino was going to call plays. He didn't answer the question. Uh, why? Are you afraid it's going to give away game planning. Is that is that is that really the extent? You're afraid he's going to give away his game plan. It's going to be all on film the first day. I mean, the first uh, first game. You're going to know if it's Petrino or if it's Jimbo. Jimbo's going to call in place, no doubt. Offensive mind coach, but. You go and bring in Bobby Petrino, terrible human being. There's no doubt about that, but he can coach football. And the offensive side of the ball, no doubt about it. One of the best innovative minds in college football when it comes to the offensive end. Why not say? And I think that's that's it. Because he's had to have made up his mind already. He knows what he's going to do. I don't buy it at all, that he doesn't know what he's going to do when it comes to call plays. If it's him, if it's Petrino, if it's both, yes, Jimbo's going to have a hand in it if Petrino calls plays. He's a strong offensive-minded coach as well. He's an offensive-minded coach. Quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator, obviously now head coach. Of course he's going to call plays. I mean, be involved in play calling. And I feel like that's it. He's just trying to hide all what we're going to see on tape game one. And that's that's really the only thing that I can figure out at this point. Now, Big Ten media days, this kind of startled me. And I'm sure surprised everybody in – Ohio, the Columbus area, and, and Ann Arbor. Ryan Day said it might be time to start looking at moving when Ohio State and Michigan play. His reasoning? Because then it would set up back-to-back matchups of playing the end of the season and then potentially playing for the conference championship game. Yeah. That could happen. I'm going to turn this light here. Sorry about that. There we go. Those watching audio visually instead of audio-wise. Auto yeah. I mean, and I got some weird, strange looks from a bunch of people 
saying, say what? What'd you say? Double takes, and I don't blame them. Tradition is changing so much. Rivalries are disappearing. But when you can keep something like that, a tradition, a rivalry, fit in perfectly right there into your schedule, why change it? You could potentially play three times a year with the expanded playoffs. So, I, asinine. That's, I mean, I couldn't even imagine Nick Saban coming out and saying, you know what? We might need to change uh, the Auburn Alabama game. Move it to a different time of, uh, of year. Absolutely crazy talk. Now, on that end, yes, it's Auburn, Alabama, same side. So for the longest time, one of those teams didn't play in back-to-back weeks in the SEC championship game. Now, we'll see what happens when they expand the Oklahoma and Texas come in. Do they go away with divisions? Do they go with pods? Do they just do the top two teams in the SEC? You could run that situation as well, but I guarantee you, well, you can't make a guarantee now in sports. Very rarely, but I couldn't see Auburn, Alabama saying, you know what, any coach coming out and saying it out loud, no, we should move this game to the middle of the season. It, it, it doesn't fit. Come on. Just don't, don't overthink it and leave it where it's at. Speaking of staying where it's at, that's what Colorado did not and could not do moving back to the Big 12. I mean, to me, the biggest reason and really the only reason has to be savability. They're moving back to a stable conference, not knowing what's going to happen with the Pac-12. What TV deal are they going to get? Is it going to be profitable? Is it going to be worthwhile? Pac-12 did not lose a good member at all. They lost Denver and maybe some potential of Colorado with Deion Sanders coming in. What did they lose? I mean, what did they gain? Not but from Colorado coming in the first place, not 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 a whole lot. What did they lose? Nothing. I don't I don't think they lost anything in the grand scheme of things. Colorado is Colorado. From a competitive standpoint, Big 12 loves it because it helps out their conference, gets them bigger. Sometimes you you throw quantity instead of quality in Oklahoma and Texas leaving. So let's let's throw some numbers at it, see if we can get something to stick. And you've got a conference of 13. They're looking to add one more, whether it's the talk. Arizona is the hot one right now, or Arizona State, maybe Utah. Those are the big ones, the buzzing ones going all the way around right now. But from Colorado's standpoint, makes great sense with the way realignment is happening. 
they're going to get their full share when they start in 2022. They hope to be more competitive, and I think they will be in the Big 12. It's a very even, balanced conference. It's not top-heavy. It's a bunch of okay schools, and that's really what it's at. There's no dominant force that, all right, got to watch it for Oregon and Utah and Southern Cal. You don't have that, obviously. You've got a bunch of meh, solid, okay football teams that think they can compete and be okay. Big 12, obviously, like like I've said, they're gaining they're the Denver market and instead of Colorado from revenue standpoint. That could hurt the Pac-12 when it comes to negotiations of losing them, of losing that market. But we'll see Big 12, Big, Big 10. Pac-12 doesn't even know what they're doing or where they're going with the TV deal. Now, Media Days, I was talking about earlier, thought this was very interesting, and I so wish they had at least one year of crossover, but they're not. And Venables, when Venables calls out Deion Sanders saying at least he gives his players 12 months to figure out if they're a fit for his team or not, which is a very fair point. Dion doesn't really know. He thought he know, knew. He just went after free agency in the transfer portal. Yeah, it's normal to see kids leave and a change and a shuffle, but that many, not very common. Obviously, it's a we'll see what happens with it, but just another fun little nugget there that I so wish they were playing in the future or had a year as. Man, this camera keeps screwing up. Sorry, guys. Hopefully I fixed it now. We'll see if it keeps going in and out. Um, nope, so it's messed up. Sorry about that. Um, so I wish I had a crossover, and that's going to be a fun. Maybe in a few years they can go at it. Now, before going any further, let me take my friends at Stream Studio. There it is a, it is a multi-camera live streaming platform that allows you to go live in less than one minute. It's a video podcasting live webinar streaming platform it allows you to stream to multiple platforms at the same time. Now, I truly think the Braves are going to do something else. But for now, they made a minor trade and a waiver claim. Let's first start with the trade, and Pierce Johnson came from Colorado. You look at the numbers, you go, yikes. 60 ERA in Denver, or 60 ERA overall, ERA in the fours on the road. And that's really, to me, what the Braves are looking at. You know, in the fours that they think will play better at Trist and around the league as opposed to that 6 ERA. Fine trade. Gave up a pitching prospect, two pitching prospects, one starter. Probably really didn't fit in the grand scheme of plans for Atlanta. Another one, potential bullpen piece. Was on the four-man roster. They let go. I mean, they uh, took him off the four-man roster. Hard thrower, control issues. 
one of those we'll see if he develops in Colorado. So not a big deal as far as prospects they gave up for another bullpen piece, especially where they currently are right now, another arm, which is never a bad thing. Now, this is the one that was up. I think a lot of people were up in arms with when it came to Michael Soroka. Soroka being sent down when they claimed Johnny Chirino's off waivers from the Rays. Four ERA the fours before last night. Bloomed a little bit, obviously. He got hit around. But you look at Soroka's ERA. 635 ERA in 29 and a third innings. He still has a lot of things to work on. And when you look at his overall numbers as well, he's had one, I wouldn't even say good start. I would say an okay start when at six innings, he gave him three runs and struck out seven. Okay. Does that to you take the name take the name out of it? Want to be in the big leagues? Think about that. This last time wasn't Michael Soroka, and as a twenty year old, if he didn't deal when he was in the big leagues as an all star, he's a totally different pitcher right now. He might not ever get back to that. Those numbers right there weren't a starting spot if his name was, was Bryce Elder. You'd be on the fire, Bryce Elder. DFA him, send it back down, keep him in the minors. Or let's just say last year, Jake Ozerizia. Would you say send him down or DFA him if Jake had those numbers? Well, the Braves basically did in trading him to the Rangers. For Colby Allen in the offseason. So should we trade Mike Soroka now, guys? I'm going to say no. We shouldn't trade him. Let's see if he can work some things out in the minors. Oh, yeah. By the way, in AAA last night, he got hit hard. He didn't pitch good. Is the upside there Soroka over Torino's? Yeah. There probably is some upside. Why can't he go and dominate, pitch well in AAA? Huh? When he got caught up, he wasn't really ready. He didn't have eye-popping numbers in AAA. It was, you know what? He pitched good enough for us in AAA. You know what? Let's call up now. He pitched good enough. We've got a hole in our rotation. We need some help. Let's call them up. Do they have a better option? I think they're going to see in Torino's, Johnny Torino's, if he's a better option to be that fifth starter. Yes, you got Max Free coming out, coming back soon. Obviously, he's in a, a rehab assignment. His third rehab assignment, especially last night on Friday night. He's ended up going to, especially to go tonight because he was sick. I just think the Braves are wanting more for
from than what Mike Soroka is giving them currently as their fifth starter. To help save that bullpen in a tough time right now where I didn't even have to mention they're down Chavez, they're out Mentor, they're out Anderson, they're out Dylan Lee. Four guys. Four guys. Key guys, they're out. They can't have five inning, three and a third, four and a third starts on a consistent basis, which is what they've been getting from Soroka. Yeah, they got three and two thirds last night from Torinos. But they know they, they're expecting now what they've seen and what they can come to expect from Soroka at this point. Does he get back to the big leagues this year? I think he, Soroka does, yeah. Maybe he should. Maybe he should stay in AAA, see if he can get some things out, work some things out, and maybe a the cliche example right now is Kyle Wright example. Uh, stop jacking him up and down the AAA Gwinnett shuttle. Keep him in AAA. Let him work through some things. We'll see. I uh, I really do hope that is the case, and that's what they need to do now. Saw this, and it made me perk up a little bit. Jim Harbaugh can be suspended four games for false allegations regarding lying to the NCAA about recruiting. First thing, recruited, met with recruits during the COVID day period. Second thing he did, text with recruits outside of the allotted time period. Third thing, having analysts perform coaching duties during practice and had coaches watch it via Zoom. Minor recruiting violations, probably going to stop on the wrist was a level two violation. All that level two violation, okay, ho-hum, right? The problem with all this, why he got suspended four games, was a lying. If you lie to the NCAA, they make an example of you. Some more critical examples than the other, than others. Case in point, let's go to Knoxville. Bruce Pearl, when he had junior recruits over at a barbecue, yeah, was that a recruiting violation? Of course it was. No, the problem was he lied to the NCAA. What did he get? A three-year NCAA show clause and got fired in Tennessee, at Tennessee. I fully believe he would still be in Knoxville coaching basketball if he didn't if he didn't lie to the NCAA without a doubt. He was loved in Knoxville. He's a good coach, and that's why Auburn went to sign them at sign him as a basketball coach after his three year show period was gone. Jim Harbaugh only got four games. He didn't get a season. That's four games. They're not good opponents. They're not good schools. Won't surprise me if he comes out of it 4-0. 
Michigan comes out of 4-0 without Harbaugh on the field. Coach of the first four games. And then you want to talk about Tennessee's current situation that I've seen a bunch of moaning, groaning, complaining about. Tennessee was up front with the NCAA. You know what? Here's what Jeremy Pruitt did. You can look at every book that we have. You can dot every I, cross every T, look in deep down what we have. Here it is. And like I said, Tennessee, they suffered the penalty, but the base run obviously is no postseason ban. They can still go to the college football playoffs if they're a good enough team. That's not eliminated. They just had to reduce some scholarships. And if I'm Michigan, I'd much rather have Jim Harbaugh be suspended those first four games where they don't play good teams as opposed to be limited some scholarships. Now, from what I've seen, it's just those four games. There's no reduction in scholarships or anything along that nature. Which to me, that's big. And that's the important thing. You're not losing players. You're just using, you're, the coach is losing games against bad schools that there will more than likely be anyway. I call that a win. And also, once again, case in point, kids don't have a lie. You'll get found out. And the NCAA punish, will punish you. They pun- and once again, the NCAA punished him more for the lying than they did for the minor recruiting violations and coaching violations that he did. Tell the truth. It always wins. It always wins. It's always a win to tell the truth in life and in football as well. Now, training deadline's coming up, and I'm actually really happy the Angels have been aggressive and going and getting Galito. Lucas, Lucas Galito, Galito, and they've formally come out and said, we are not trading the MVP Shohei Otani. And as an, I'm not an Angels fan, but as an Angels fan, that's got to be a sigh of relief. Yes, you could completely restock your farm system, even if it is just a rental for Shohei Otani. They completely prepare yourself for the upcoming years to pair with Mike Trout. And then you could potentially re-sign Shohei Otani in the offseason after you traded him. But I think it would really potentially hurt, could have hurt the Angels' position if they traded Shohei to try to resign him next year. They're they're in a position to win that a wild card spot. And they've it's for these Andrews fans, I bet it's gotta be so frustrating. You have one of the best players in the game in Mike Trout, and then you have probably the most exciting, maybe the other best player, one of the best players once again. And Shohei Otani, 
How many playoff appearances have you had with, with both those two? Zero. Mike Trout, the, one of the top five players in the game, has only made it to the playoffs what, once or is it twice? Early on in his career, yes, some of his injuries, but to have those two go for it and just it, – it warms my heart. Yes, I love teams to be all in, but sometimes, of course, you have to trade them to make it make it fit. It's really important to me that Shohei Otani stays with the Angels. They make a run, and they really do, I think, set themselves in a position to re-sign him because they didn't trade him. Now, it's it's trading deadlines coming up. There's only there's been some minor trades already. Nothing wow, nothing eye-popping. I don't see think we'll see anything major just because so many teams are right there still in the hunt, especially that additional wild card spot, which I hate. But I don't think there's going to be uh, – well, I don't think there's going to be a big – Wow, trade outside of Justin Verlander's been floated, mentioned around. Maybe what does San Diego do? Do they do they trade a uh, Soto? You got Hater options there, but I don't see a big firework explosive trade because there's so many teams that think they're in it, and it's close to being in it so we fun to watch i think the braves are gonna make a few more moves i don't know what because aa is very sneaky and can very can surprise you and he's done it a lot of, of every one of his moves i think he's gonna get something he's gonna go another arm i guess he give him a bull another bullpen piece but we'll see it's coming up and it's always fun finding out the deals, especially two hours after the deadline that are just coming in, just getting approved. So trading deadline coming up, it'll be fun to watch as we get into August and September, the dog days of August, making a push for for that playoff playoff. But, ooh, that was tough. I don't know why. But know what's not tough? To follow, to follow me on Twitter at Lock It Up Media. That's Lock It Up Media on Twitter. Thanks for listening to Lock It Down Sports. Talk to you next week.